Okay, welcome back. Power Pitches Season 3, Episode uh, 13 now. Uh, we've recorded this a little bit late. It's been a hectic week. I've been too angry on Wednesday night. Benji's been ill all week. Um, but we are here, actually ready for new games today. Um, as we call this on Saturday the 2nd. Um, I'm just, just me and Vic today as well. But yeah, Benji's ill. Spencer isn't available at the moment. But I think we're going to smash it still, Vic. You and me. Yeah, pleasure to be and, on um, here. Well. Especially when we're the very... other two dodging it here. Yeah, <laughs> bottling it. Um, yeah. We're both, I think we're going to have very different times talking about our teams today. Um, and do you want to just get your pain out of the way straight away and talk about Newcastle 4-1 win against Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, Newcastle away on paper, everyone gets battered there, don't they? But the way we lost the game, it was just... I was watching it and I was like... Oh, like the first half, we did, the first half, we didn't do that bad. The, um, we were in the game. Like, we, we went... It was even, I'd say, like, winning the duels, the way we were playing, um, sustaining attacks now and then and then I mean they got the goal early on and then we pulled it back with Sterling's free kick which I think was our only highlight of the game to be honest um, Sterling's free kick and then it was just like petulance afterwards like we just immature, immaturity ill-discipline where we just gave away so many cheap cheap fouls like outside the box picking up yellows reaching picking up two yellows I mean so many other players as well that we just put giving away so many stupid fouls and I think that just led to the the downfall really in the second half where Newcastle got the second, third, fourth. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, I thought before Newcastle had so many injuries and so many key players out, but when the lineup came out, they had like a pretty good team. Like Isaac was back, they had Gordon, they had Livermento, he was drilling it away at PSG um, in midweek. And like, they had key, key players, they had Trippier as well out there. Um, I mean, they had, they had a good team. Yeah, um, give a rest as well. Like, and when I saw the line, I was like, "Shit, we're breaking out of it. We'd have it hard." Um, but yeah, like we had to rest a few players. Kai said didn't start. Um, a couple of us didn't start. I mean, we still had a, we still had a good enough team out there to like cause problems um, and to get a draw, I'd say. Um, but yeah, we were just second half was so embarrassing. Like watching that, it was so like reminiscent of the past year or so where when past couple of years where we've had especially now with the young squad where we've just given away so many cheap fouls like lack of lack of experience I mean Silver makes a mistake and people have said that the, exper- the experienced players were the ones that let us down with Silver making the mistake which is true because he just gives them a goal for the third one where you know he just like miss hits the pass and then um, score from there but yeah I mean the other mistakes that we were making just so sloppy like I was just watching it and I, I didn't even get angry because I was like I'm so used to seeing this so, so used to seeing it. Um, and yeah, forward, I mean, we, we should have had more. We should have had two or three. I mean, there was a couple of um, areas where Jackson got in, but he didn't shoot. Um, and Sterling, Sterling, other than the free kick, he didn't really have a good game. Palmer had like his first, I'd say, like poor game for us, um, where he was like continuously losing the ball. And like, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't in it much. Um, but yeah, it was... It's just like Pochettino wasn't even on the sideline. He was up in the stands because of his bad. Um, yeah, like back. Actually, I think I saw a start. Um, like how whenever we played it after the international break and we've lost like our last nine out of ten. 
Um, we're always bad Jesus. after it's international. We're always bad after it. Like, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but um, yeah, like we have to change, chop and change again. Um, I just move past it and look onto the next game against Brighton because it's Newcastle game. It's like whenever you go away at Newcastle, it's just always hard like that now. And then when you factor in, it's just after the international break and the state of our squad, like um, cohesion wise, it's just not there. And yeah, all one for me. But I'm so used to these thrashings, it's like it doesn't hit me anymore when they happen because I've seen it so many times over the past years. Um, but yeah, on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty impressive game. Um, by Newcastle, I was watching through the highlights for it, didn't get to watch the actual game. Um, great goal from Isaac to start with, that was really nice. And I think Cucurella either needs to be pushing up yeah. with his team quicker or from the position he's in, he he should be stepping to Isaac. Like, is he, if he's if he's not going to be sprinting forward to get forward of the line, I feel like he needs to then, if he sees the run of Isaac, at least gets in front of him, makes it a bit more difficult, then you'd understand it a bit more. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, I think, could have had more as well. That Joel Linton header at the back post from the corner and open goal. Yeah, that marking was... No, there was, there was, I think it was the second goal, but it came from the set piece, um, the second half, and... It was just like where was the marking? There was like Baddy Shield and Cucurella left, and it was like two it was two defenders up against like four attackers. We were outnumbered, and I don't know where where the organisation was. The marking is that what, that that one pissed me off the most. I was like, that's like coaching thing. Like that's just organisation getting the basics right in defending set pieces. And where was that? I mean, it's twice that one mm. as well. Um, yeah, and that. And Trippier hitting the bar as well with that free kick as well. That one was a lovely little ping from him. Trippier just once again being class at Newcastle. He's actually proved me a little wrong, to be fair, Kieran Trippier, because I remember when, um, before he went to Newcastle United, we linked with him a lot, and I was going, oh, I don't want fucking Kieran Trippier. Like, you know, he's old, he, yeah. like Spurs sold him, like, I don't think he's all that. But fair play, mate, since he's been in Newcastle, he's been absolutely stellar for him. He's like, just so, so good. Um, Anthony Gordon as well, once again, brilliant. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if he got a goal and an assist or it's just a goal, um, but just such a threat, isn't he? And like, it's funny because I was watching it and I remembered now that when, when you got signed, was it like 60 million or something like that? It was like a lot of money they spent yeah. and everyone and everyone was going, oh, that's so much money. Gordon isn't that good. And at first he wasn't great, was he? But recently, this season has, has just been so, so good and such a threat. And mate, you, he could be asking for that spot in the England team, really. Left wing, I think. Sterling's not having a bad season. Rashford's having a terrible season. Andy Gordon on form probably is the best left winger in England right now. Yeah. But then with Southgate, he didn't do that, does he? He'll still pick his No, of course not. If, he had a, yeah. if England had a good manager, Gordon would be in that next team, starting left wing, 100%. 100%. Um, and just the last... Oh, Reese James definitely deserved his red. Yeah, that fucking yellow was so stupid. It just I'm sure I saw. I'm sure I saw people. I'm sure I saw people complaining about it. Someone saying it was like the softest yellows ever. I didn't see the get to the first one, but he's kicked kick the ball. But if you kick the ball away, you're asking for a yellow card, and you refs refs at the moment they love to give him for that. And the and the trip is definitely a yellow. I mean, the guy's accelerating away from him. He's behind him, and yeah. like you, you can't um you can't be thinking you're gonna get away with that. And just the only other thing I've written down is I'm terrified for how much Newcastle are going to batter United tonight. 
Um, we're oh, playing at St James Park <laughs> eight o'clock tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, we have to stay up. I think, especially after the PSG game where they didn't get the win, they're going to be even more up for this now. I think. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, good deal. <laughs> good luck for that one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a good game at all. Um, and as we talk about United, anyway, we can roll on to um, Everton nil, United three. Obviously, the first thing I have to talk about is the goal. Um, Alejandro Garnacho with one of the best biases in in Prem history. I, I said it on the day, and I think it now it actually, I think it is a better bicycle kick than Rooney's one. Just the, Rooney's. just the actual goal itself, because obviously Rooney's one would be more important because it was a derby, you know, a bigger game, um, and it was just like unbelievable, so famous, but. Yeah, that guy, actual one, is just so nice. Coming away from goal, he's on more of an angle. And when he first hit it as well, you're just thinking, why has he, why has he done that? And then just next thing, it's in the top corner. I was I was screaming. I could not believe what I'd just seen. Um, I think he was unlucky it wasn't the 70th minute or something like that, or second half, because I think people it, people would be more into the game then. It was a bit more jeopardy in it. Where it was so early, I think everyone was just a bit stunned. Like, they couldn't really believe what they'd seen. Um and I think Garnacho is a starter for United now. I think he has to be. I think yeah. if Rashford's going to play, he has to go out on the right. And I think Garnacho has to be on the left because Garnacho is delivering more than Rashford is right now, um, consistently. Uh, Rashford obviously scored the penalty for the second goal. Bruno gave Rashford the penalty, um, and then they actually Could asked him midweek. Yeah, they asked him midweek why why he did that, and he was basically saying, "Well, look, there's three of us." There's three people that take penalties, like that's the, agreed before the game, and in the game we can just decide. And he was basically just saying that he thinks if if Rashford can get off the mark, because Rashford's such a form player, like that's this season he's just been poo cons- consistently. Like I love him, but he's just not playing well at all this year. He's not beating people. He's not scoring. Like he's not got that intensity, but he loves to run hot and cold. And I think sometimes you just need to get yeah get him a goal, and it can start to it can start to happen for him a bit more once he gets momentum that you never know. Like if, if he starts scoring goals now, he can still end the season with like 25 goals, like across all competitions, whatever, yeah. like where well, I say across all competitions, over the FA Cup and Prem by uh, in a few weeks time. Um, uh, and Bruno also got a really nice assist though for Martial's goal. That was a nice goal. The third one. Yeah, that was lovely. Just such a nicely pinned ball and Martial doing what Martial can do. I think Martial had a really good game. You said on the day, weren't you? You thought Martial's playing a good game. Um, I do think Martial's just so... He's just so overhated. He, like, he, I actually thought that he was running the press in that game as well. I thought he was often the one sprinting the goalkeeper or the centre-backs and getting getting Rashford and going out trying to push up on the wings with him as well. Um, and he does bring something like... I like Hoyland and I want to see Hoyland develop into our main striker. But if Martial's fit, I think sometimes he probably he probably should be starting over Hoyland because he, he is just more experienced and he is a good finisher of the ball. Like if he's fit, he can do good things. Um, and he, I think he always links up really well. He's quite good at yeah. just take, taking one twos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's the thing. You give him the ball in front of goal, he, Martial will score your goals and he can, he can knock it around as well. I just think all United strikers get criticised because they just don't get chances. They just don't really... They often don't seem like they're in the game because they just don't get tonnes and tonnes of chances. It's not really the way we played for for years now. Um, 
but yeah, Marshall played well, and then Kobe Mainu, what a, what a performance from him. Oh. 18 years old, first oh. start in the Prem, and just completely controlled the whole game, didn't he? Um, yeah. Like, he was the most noticeable, noticeable player on the whole pitch for both teams. Like, I'm, I'm shocked that Garnacho actually got man of the match instead of him, because I know the goal kind of lends itself to getting man of the match, but Mainu, for the for those 70 minutes he played, was unbelievable. Um, the confidence he was showing... You know, he was getting the ball at, like within the centre backs, dropping the shoulder, running around someone, putting pressure on him, and then like laying off a nice pass. Um, he even did it in attack. He cleared, he cleared the um, awkward ball line clearance, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Calvert Lewin shoots, it hits Onana, yeah. then hits Maguire, and it's going in. And Manu, yeah, manages to stop that. And that's like, you know, a young a young lad can get in the team and you know have a good first game just because that running around loads and put loads up. But that's intelligence to to see that there could be danger there and put yourself yeah. in that position. Yeah, if he could do that now at 18, obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on him. And I'm sure if he plays more this season, we'll see him go up and down. You always do with younger players, but from what he showed in that game, I mean, it's probably the best performance, definitely from a CDM we've had this year, but potentially from a midfielder all season. Like I couldn't tell you another game where. Any like even maybe Casemiro against Bayern Munich, he did score like I think a goal or two in that game. But generally, United's midfield has been so poor, and that's why United have looked so dodgy this season because you're just getting absolutely run through. But if Manu can keep getting more game time, <clears throat> perform like that even 60% of the time, and put him next to Amrabat or Casemiro, not Scott McTominay, um, I think he'd be good. And actually, Joe, what I've got to go on a bit of a rant about Scott McTominay because he's fucking winding me up. And the reason he winds me up is not because he's a bog average midfielder who can't pass the ball. And yes, he can score a goal, but that's all he does. And if he doesn't score yeah. you a goal the, in the game, the goals cover it up, don't they? The goals cover his performance. But no, but the problem is not, not that the goals cover it up, it's that the goals make the media and pundits that think he's okay when they because they're clearly not watching the game. Like on Wednesday night in the Galatasaray game, Robbie Savage was just licking oh, his ass all game. I'm like, mate, like, yeah, he does get he does get a goal, but it's a, you know, it's a pretty easy goal after the ball that comes in. Fair play, he gets that goal. But beyond that, he's he honestly, it's like playing with ten men because he's just not good enough on the ball. Like he take he takes too long to do things. He's not confident about receiving and playing with the ball all that much. Um, and I just, I just got to see him out of the team. I just cannot bear it. And it, every game, it's frustrating me. And I'm not Ten Hag out. I'm not, I'm not really interested in that kind of stuff at the moment. I think there's no point in restarting the cycle with United. Um, but if he keeps picking McTominay, then I am going to be quite confused because people have been saying a lot that Amrabat isn't doing amazingly, and you're not wrong. He's not really, he's not been brilliant. But McTominay has been actively poor and just scored goals like. And we've started to score more goals now with the front line, so I would be like, right, sweet. If Garnacho's starting to score, if Marshall's scoring, whatever, Bruno's scoring, I can get rid of McTominay, and I really hope that he doesn't start against Newcastle. I think if he starts against Newcastle, he will start him because of, because of his yeah, size. Because of his physical, but then, yeah. But then the thing is, like, it's not... You think that, and you think, oh, yeah, I guess at corners and free kicks and stuff, he'd be good for heading out, but he, he actually isn't. He isn't. He's not often there, but he is a big body and he probably makes it more difficult for their players to move around the box. But it's not like at every cross you just see him getting up and getting to him. Like it actually isn't. Um, 
and I'm just yeah, I'm just getting a bit sick of him. I, uh, it's bad, but I just get so annoyed when he fucks things up all the time. The, the difference between him and Kobe Manu is mad. You got one midfielder that lacks positional, technical quality. Then you compare it with the other that's sort of opposite. I mean, Gary Neville was saying that Kobe Manu is like a Man City type of midfielder. He was saying that after the Everton game, and I get that. Yeah, I mean, like the, the way he played, like he's just his composure. Like he he didn't mm. feel under pressure when like he was being pressed or anything. Um, I mean, I know Everton like you know sat back a bit, didn't raise like press high all the time consistently, but it's still a big test. Like Everton away in that atmosphere as well, because Everton fans were proper up for it. But then for, oh, him yeah. just come into, for him to just come into the team and just perform like that, um, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't start midweek in the Champions League, really. Because did you have um, McTominay and who was it? Yeah, you know? McTominay and Amrabat started. Um, I I think that because of the because of what Galatasaray away is like, I think that's why he didn't start. He came on and looked decent again, though. And I'm hoping today it's Amrabat and Manu. I think that is the better pairing. Um, Anywhere near. Um, and funny thing is, yeah, like you said, Amrabat and McTominay are so opposites. But the way Amrabat played, you would think he's had the amount of game time that McTominay's had. Do you know what I mean? The way McTominay yeah. plays is like an 18 year old who's just joined the team, like a bit nervous about getting the ball, kind of makes sloppy passes or plays two simple passes because he doesn't have the ability to play a longer pass. Um, it's mad though, isn't it? Because McTominay's been in the Premier League since Mourinho days. Like, play, I remember when he played at Central yeah. under Mourinho for a bit, and he's been playing back since those days. Um, nineteen twenty season, you know, it's eighteen nineteen seventeen eighteen nineteen, yeah. Um, which is mad because he's been in the Premier League for time now. And it, it, when you yeah. watch him playing, you think it's, it's it doesn't show it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's something about him, mate. Because every manager's picked him. Every manager we've had since he's come has picked him like reasonably consistently as well. And I'm like. He must give a real good hand job or something because I don't understand <laughs> how he gets these starting 11s so consistently because it's not from things on the pitch. And like I know that Ten Hag looks at the stats a lot, like a lot of things he's in the press conference now. He clearly does deep dives into the stats. And like you don't even have to do deep dives into the stats to know that McTominay is not playing yeah. well apart from scoring goals. But when he played against Sheffield United and get and had eight completed passes in like 70 minutes against bottom of the table like that's a sign as a centre mid you're not very good do you know what I mean like that that's a that's I mean, a 50 sure, 60 sure pass a game surely Tenag and his coaching staff will look at the stats I mean it's not even just the stats that you need to look at it's just the eye test of watching McTominay it just doesn't suit mm. a team that wants to play football play ball dominate yeah ball. exactly um but yeah, like Tenaga's wonderful. I saw him in press conference and he was like pointing out um Onana's expected goals prevented and it being like the second in the league. And I mean he's but then it's like if you're looking at the start, surely you notice like just That's what I'm saying. He, he speaks about stats with ev- with everyone else. And yeah, you would think the eye test doesn't work with someone and the stats don't back him up. Like he's not even when it when he played under Mourinho and Oli he was quite combative at least. We at least had that. Like, he was putting a lot of tackles and stuff. But like he's not even doing that now. Like, literally, even against Galatasaray midweek, the, the the goal, that the first goal they get, Bruno has had to run back from inside the box because McTominay isn't running back and has to put a foul in on, on um, I can't remember, maybe Mertens or something now, I don't know. 
and he and Bruno literally turns around and he's going to like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what this is where you should be. Like, why am I the one who's had to run back here to do your job? Yeah. And he's yeah, he's not putting in tackles. He's not putting blocks. He's not making it difficult for people to operate in our midfields. I'm like, he is literally only scoring goals at the moment, and that's and that's it. And I know that's a massive thing in football. Of course, it is scoring goals. You've got goal scorers, you can win games, but a midfielder has to be offering more or put him up top because there's literally no point in him wasting a position in midfield and making it so much more difficult for our defence and our midfield to handle teams because he's just he's missing all the time. Um, yeah. And yeah, if the English media could just stop acting like he's actually a good player, I'd, I'd be a lot happier. That I think that's what is the most annoying thing about it is that he's spoken about as a good player and like should be starting that. Like Paul Merson, I remember a few weeks ago, I was like, McTominay should be the first name of the team. She's like, what are you talking about? He is. I love, I love Paul Merson, but that was. I like him. He is funny sometimes, but sometimes his opinions in United are shocking, absolutely shocking. Um, but anyway, that's that's enough of me ranting. But that, can I just, that's why I love. That's why I always like find Bruno underrated because I see United fans on Twitter slating him, but I don't think they realise like Bruno does three roles in one where he has to get back defend just because of McTominay's lack of awareness, defensive positioning. So he has to do that. He has to create, he gets focused on to create and then to score goals, get on the end of crosses and goals. He does like Mate. multiple goals in one. That's why I, I don't get this slander around him, especially online, like when he has a bad performance where he gives the ball away loads. I mean, so what when he, his output is so good anyway? Yeah, and, and also the people have been questioning his like captaincy and stuff like that. It's like, thing is, mate, he's like, he, whether he's like a bit fucking petulant sometimes or not, he's our most consistently good player. He plays every game, every single. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how he. His stamina is unbelievable. Like, yeah, he didn't get injured. He, 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 nah, he sprints for he sprints for hundred minutes like three times a week and doesn't even flinch. Like I don't. It's. I think that's why actually that he we've seen him go dip a little bit at times. I think because like he's just playing so much football. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He has to play every minute of everything and. United have had so many players this season really not up to the grade and he's having to do yeah so much as you say um, yeah Bruno, it's because of the way he is and I get it I get why that winds up other teams fans but you just have to admit that he is he is an unbelievable yeah. player Bruno yeah, he, always, even, United, even, even United fans that I see on Twitter that's late I just don't get it like it's like they want to see him United. play bad or something I don't get it yeah United have a, a terrible fan base. There is some people in there like, like all the people who don't who are Ten Hag out now literally are begging for us to lose every week so they can weird, be like, see, I told you, Ten Hag out, Ten Hag out. It's so weird, mate. Yeah, like do you mean, remember, but even when it, even at the end of Oli, when I was like, this cunt needs to be sacked, and he and he wasn't sacked for like another eight games or something after Liverpool, I was like, I still wanted us to win every week. I was still like, yeah, fuck it. If he's not getting sacked, then let's at least win the game. Some of these guys are literally just like. They want us to be out of every competition and lose like the next ten games just so ten I get sacked and like they're not United fans. Oh, how are you a fan of a club? Yeah, score. exactly. Hundred yeah. percent. I think to be honest, I think it's a lot of the modern football fan and like younger football fans on Twitter and stuff and they've got these accounts and they're putting out these outrageous claims and they just need these games to go the way that makes their claim right. Do you know what I mean that's all they care about is being proven right rather than actually like I'll I'll say this but I've I've just had a bit of a fucking go at McTominay because he hasn't wound up the season. When he undoubtedly starts later, I hope he's. I hope he bags a brace. Like, do you know what I mean? I still want him to do well in the games. I'm just annoyed and bored of watching him 
not do well in games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just what people are. And we'll just have one last little shout out for that Ganacho goal. Anyone who hasn't seen that goal, I don't know how you haven't seen it because everywhere's posted it. Sky Sports have posted it about 10 times. Um, I think the BBC, I've, I've seen reels all over it. Um, just go watch it and just keep watching it. This is probably the only highlight of United season, to be honest. It might be um, the best. It might be the best. Top five best goals I've seen. And that's all competitions. Like I've seen live. In terms of mm. goals that I've seen live, I think that has to be in the top five. Because I just wasn't I expecting think, that at all. When the cross comes in with the Dallow, and I was, I was not expecting that. From that I think the only, the only better goal that comes to my mind I actually watched the game as well I didn't just see it was the Bale one against Liverpool in the Champions League final that was fucking that was an unbelievable bicycle kick as well like so high up that was a beauty um, would you would you add in yeah. the Scorpion kick the Giroud Scorpion kick Mkhitaryan one because they were good ones as well I, I saw the Giroud one live to be fair oh I remember them, I remember Mkhitaryan scored one for United didn't he Scorpion yeah. kick I think a couple of weeks before Giroud scored his 16-17 season yeah, but I feel like with that, it's really close to the goal, aren't they? They're yeah. not like it's not like it's the edge of the box oh, or something. That would be like insane. They're they're normally like diving basically into like their heads in the goal as their as their heel hits it, isn't it? So it's yeah a bit different. I just feel like to even risk doing the bicycle kick, do you know what I mean? Because you can't you can injure yourself quite easy doing it. You can land on your back yeah. or hurt yourself, and you can also make yourself like a right hit if you just fire it out for a throw in or something like. Um, yeah. So to take it on at 19, mate, fair play to him. And Man, he's got he's got balls, hasn't he, to pull that off and then yeah. To, he, he, I like his like his arrogance, his celebration. So people celebrate his celebration. I don't get it. Um, like he's got a personality about him where he wants to be the best, and like mm. you want you want that from the young players, especially when you know you've got you know you've got players like Rashford not performing, Anthony not performing. I mean, I I don't know about Rashford on the right wing though. I don't know about Rashford on the right wing. Because oh, I, to... I think whenever whenever, you see, whenever I've seen him there, he just looks a bit out of it. Like he's not got a great cross on him, has he really? And hmm. I, yeah, I just don't well, know about him on the right wing. On well, no, he uh, Rashford actually was all right on the right wing that game. I think he wasn't amazing, but he did. He passes the ball to Dallow for the cross. Um, oh, yeah, for the Garnacho goal. Yeah. Um, I also think, to be fair, Luke Shaw didn't even speak about him. He had a really good game at left back. And I think he, I think he's the fullbacks make a big difference. I think yeah. that's what Rashford's been lacking as well, as a bit of Luke, Luke Shaw assuredness. Uh, but um, oh, yeah, Shaw's awful. Oh, hey, Anthony, in, in fairness to him, had actually had a really good game against Galatasaray. He was actually really good. He was beating players a lot and making things happen. So I, I, to be honest, I would probably be dropping Rashford today. I'd, I'd be looking at Anthony on the right and and Garnacho on the left, I think. But... And that's the thing, though, Tenag, which I just don't think he'll do that. I think he'll always go with Rashford, pissed off like what he did I... last season. But I also, I also don't think the club will let Rashford not play. Rashford, do you know what I mean? He's the poster boy of United. The, we know that the club have influence on what happens with the team and stuff. Um, yeah. And for, because of the money he's on, do you know what I mean? United are going to say, well, he's on so much money, he's on 250 grand a week, so you're, you're fucking playing it. Um, 350 grand a week is mad, isn't it? <laughs> it is mad, isn't it? Um, but like I said, he's he's their poster boy. He's their he's their star child, isn't he? Like, uh, but we'll see. You never know, Rashford. Right, let's get off your night for Christ's sake. Um, big game and kind of surprising result, but not really. Spurs one, Villa two. 
Um, mate, fair play, Villa are just so good, aren't they? Um, Watkins, brilliant again. Obviously got his goal, had a goal disallowed for offside as well. It was so tight. Um, the Paul Torres goal was really good as well. The Spurs goal is actually the lucky one because it has a deflection, doesn't it? Um, Kulazewski did hit the post before that with after a really nice little bit of skill as well. Uh, but Spurs are, I've just got written down, Spurs are truly back to being Spurs. 10 games unbeaten and now lost three in a row. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I know they had a lot of interest, but bloody hell, they should have scored four, five, just from the amount of chances that they had in the first half. They're all over Villa. I remember the first half especially, remember they started quick and they had easy, easy chances. And There was, was another game out. like that, wasn't I think I think the Wolves game was the same. First half, it was all, yeah. all Spurs, wasted chances. Second half, they fall apart. And that is really not not yeah. what you want to see. I mean, I get it with injuries, like they're missing key players, but when you're still able to perform like that and create that many chances in the first half, like that's like a sign that you can't just go on to win the game because you're creating those chances anyway. You just need to score them. But they weren't scoring them. I mean, Son, I know Son missed, Son had, didn't Son have like four disallowed goals or something? I think goals. three, I think, yeah. Three, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I check of offsides, I think. Yeah, I haven't got him in my FPL team, and my brother has. I mean, he was fuming, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean for Villa, I mean the thing for Villa is like they they played that high line and they catch like the opponent offside so so many times. I saw a start that said um, it was like times they've led the opposition offside and they were leading it by far. Um, the high line that they played so risky. And I was thinking, I was watching it against Spurs. I was like, you can concede if you could carry on like this because Spurs were getting in behind because balls over the top. Paul, was it Paul or someone? They were just playing good balls over the top. Um, and they were getting in behind Kulusevsky's son, but they just couldn't score, and I couldn't believe it, because Spurs are not the clinical, they've got clinical attackers, like, I know Kulusevsky's not that clinical, but Son is, um, and I was, because they only scored with one, I mean, I know the second half they dropped off, they didn't create that many as they did in the first half, and it was like a village taking over, but in the first half, like, how do you not score? Four, three, four, five? Mm. I mean, I know, for Ange, like, it's frustrating um, with the injuries, but, like, you can't, I mean, you could sort of use that as an excuse, but they still created just as many chances. I mean, without Madison as well. And yeah, I mean, for Villa, the thing is for Villa, like, they got lucky that Spurs were, clinic, were clinical, and then when they got the chances, I mean, they took two of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with Villa was they weren't, they weren't that good, really. I mean, Diaby was poor. I didn't remember FPL, he was poor, and he got subbed off at hard time. But then they could bring Bailey on, and Bailey did well. I mean, that's the thing with Villa, they can just bring players off the bench now. and you know, the the and started. I mean, they, they can just chop and change a little bit, and then still winning games like that away at Spurs. Um, yeah, I think they're just outside the top four now, are they? Or they're in, just in the top. I think no, top Villa top. now. So Villa with that win got into the top four, and they jumped ahead of Spurs and pushed them down to fifth. Um, yeah, because it's mad because Spurs had this amazing season, and Foster Coglu, manager of the month, they're going to win the league. And now United, who have been terrible, two points behind them. Um, like it's mad how you're high up because you. They've United been terrible, so bad, but yeah. it just picked up results against the bad teams. Like, mate, to be honest, if you beat all the teams in the bottom ten, like you still get quite a lot of points. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing, but we'll see. Well, but United, United about to drop down the table because we've got Newcastle today, you Chelsea midweek, then we've got. Uh, 
Bournemouth, I think, and then we've got Liverpool. So we're probably going to lose three of the next four games. Um, but yeah, I just think it's just Spurs, isn't it? We all knew it. We all knew it. I said it so many times in them first 10 games. Everyone was loving it. Everyone was saying Spurs are amazing now. One of the best teams in the league to watch. So good at scoring goals. Could actually be a challenge, all this kind of stuff. And as soon as it goes wrong, it's completely falling apart, isn't it? And, you know, you can lose to Villa. There's nothing... There's It's actually quite respectable to lose to Villa. Villa are a brilliant team. Unai is doing amazing there. He's got good players in and he's got them playing a really good like, style of football and stuff. And they clearly link up so well. They've got such good cohesion in the team. But losing three on the bounce and with Wolves in there as well... That starts to get in the head, doesn't it? That's the thing. It's mounting up losses is never going to be good. And they really, I think, I don't know who they're playing this weekend. I think it's someone half decent again. Um, and I just think it's City away. It's City away, yeah. There you go. I thought it, I thought it was City, but I wasn't confident in it. Do you know what I mean? So that's going to make it four losses in a row. Yeah, that's long, guys. You don't, you don't want that playing in the head too much. Um, and I mean, Postacoglu said yeah. this um, pre-match for uh, yesterday um, press conference, and he was like, "We'll give it a crack," and like, you know, they'll just go for it. I mean, you know what to expect from that City Spurs game. Spurs are just going to carry on playing their high line and taking the risks offensively. And City going to score six goals. Yeah, they're going to feast on that. Like, they're not going to they're not going to be the team that will miss four or five chances like Spurs did themselves against Villa. They'll be clinical. Harlan gets the chance; he'll score it. Foden. No, I was I was half tempted to triple play Captain Harlan, but I thought sure. Surely that's outrageous, but I might go. Actually, for it could I be a hat trick. I might go. For it could be because it, it could be one of those games where he just gets a hat trick and then Alfred gets on a good score sheet as well. Ford and nips in and gets the goal as well. You know, it's Spurs. I think that's where Spurs just need to change because they know that games like these where they've got injuries and they know that they're going to these teams and they're not favourites to win, like considerably favourite. They're not favourites to win against City. I mean, against Villa at home, you expect them to get a draw. Um, but with City away, at least, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing with Ange. Like, this is where I think Spurs fans might get a bit frustrated if he just sticks with his principles again. Where you're playing high, you're taking all these risks, you're counter-pressing, and you're playing at a high tempo. You know, all these things. And it's like, what I want from a manager is for them to just adapt to the game state. He's City away, you just got to grind it out a bit more, defend a bit more. And yeah, that's going to be such an interesting game because I think Spurs lose that, and it'll be interesting to see the reaction from the Spurs fans whether they're still like mm. bigging up, like you know, you know, like still being positive about you know with their injuries, and it's like oh, he still stuck to his principles. I mean, he got respect for it against Chelsea, didn't he, when he stuck to his high line and conceded four. But yeah, I think if you keep it's doing this, if you keep doing it week in week out when you've got the injuries, oh. back, I mean, I know they're getting players back, but yeah, I don't. It's going to be another loss tomorrow, isn't it? And just falling down the table now. I mean, it only feels not long ago where they were top of the league and balling out. Man, it's yeah, the big and yeah. Out. Yeah, and just goes to show how quick it can change, can't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll go from one manager who won't change his ways to another one and talk about Burnley losing once again to West Ham. Um, you, liked my, you liked my segue there, didn't you? That was a good one. Um, surely company's out of a job surely he's getting the fucking P45 in his stocking for Christmas because this is just outrageous like 
just not good, Burnley. And like they, they won the up it, weren't they, till late in the game. I think they won the up to yeah. like the 70th minute something, and then just fell apart. And it's like that that was the more damning part for me. Again, like a bit like Spurs, like losing to Villa can happen. Like Burnley losing to West Ham isn't isn't a problem, like it's what you'd expect. But to be winning for most of the game and you're at home. You know, if you can see the late goal and, you, and it's one all, you take it still. But they don't really have the quality. They don't have the quality manager. And that says to me that they maybe don't have the mentality either or the stamina and physicality to, to deal with the length of the game. Um, because they're just not good enough, are they, Bernie? And I think, I think their relegation just becomes more and more Stonewall every week. Definitely, definitely getting relegated. Definitely got to be getting relegated. Because I can't think of a couple of worse teams than them. Even Luton. Like, Luton won, didn't they? Against Palace. Yeah. Um, so, they're getting a win here and then a bit. And that's the thing with Burnley. Like, they're just not winning at all. I mean, I can't remember the last time they got a point. I mean, I might have got a point a few weeks ago before the international break or whatever. But they've not got the manager. They've not got the players. Um, to be fair, like I know I laugh at Benji a lot because he defends company. Even if they start as company and they got in a Sam Allardyce or just an experienced type of manager that's been there before, I still think they'd be going down just because the quality is just not there at all. I mean, I watched the highlights um, early again this morning. I mean, even the goal, like it came from Kuda just committing a silly foul and getting a penalty, and then um, it's not exactly great from open play, I think, Burnley either. Like, I don't, mm. they won't have scored many from open play. I think it would just come from set piece, yeah, penalty or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, West Ham dug in, second half, Kudus, like, really good. I mean, was it for the second goal where he creates that space and then gets the crossing um, for Suchek, yeah. Um, that was a good goal. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it was a Kudus show, really, because he gave, gives away the penalty, but they makes up for it, Marvin makes up for it. Um, yeah, credit to West Ham, because it can be sloppy to, I mean, they're not exactly being great league form wise, are they? Like, I mean, last season they weren't great either, were they? Where they were inconsistent. Um, and these types of games, it can be easy to just drop points away at these teams, but they got the three points. Um, so credit to West Ham. Spencer will be happy with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, for Burnley, I just. I saw um, one of the. Yeah, I saw a Burnley fan post like, oh, um, would it be harsh sacking company like for what he did in the championship? And he's and he basically saying he's let company like go in the championship again, rebuild again. Um, but it's like, well, what's the point if you're gonna come back up to the Premier League again? And, and it's, the exact it's, same. It's, it's been the exact. It'll be a repeat again where they should struggle to get a mass like any amount of points, and it's like a guarantee to go down. I mean, half less than halfway in the season as well, and sort of putting them on to get relegated already. It's it's embarrassing um, in a way, but. I mean, they'll get, they'll get 100 million, won't they, when they go down to the championship or whatever. Um, mm. But you know, I don't think you can sign the same quality of player, can you, once you're in the championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you sign like a young player, it turns out amazing, they'll be bought off you before you can actually do anything proper yeah, with them. Yeah. I think... It's a problem. I think you have to stay in the Prem. If you want to build up and then be a good football inside in the Premier League, you need to just stay in the Prem for a few years to get your feet there, get slowly build the quality of your squad, yeah. Right now, rock bottom, one win, one draw, 11 losses, minus 22 goal difference as well. Oh, they're just getting peppered, didn't they? They're just getting smacked up so easy. And oh, company has to be sacked. He actually, he actually does. 
Four I, points. Uh, yeah. I say it every I say it every time the customer <laughs> out though because I and I always say is that maybe they're like that fan in this end that will just keep him go back down to the championship and he'll he'll bring us back up again. But at the same time, it's, it's Burnley isn't going to be a better club for it. Like you need to stay in the Premier League and attract players because you're in the Premier League to improve as a squad. Um, Fat Everton had ten points taken off and are still still on the same points, but they've got such a better goal difference. They're ahead of them a lot. Ah, it's just terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, Everton will be fine. The, I think even with their points deduction, I think Everton will be fine. They'll get points soon enough. Well, Luton are putting uh, teams at the bottom under a bit of pressure because they've obviously had a win in the game we're talking about. They beat Palace two one. It's like nicely rolled into them. And Luton at the moment are not. Nine points, mate. So they are four points ahead of Sheffield United, eighteenth, and five ahead of Everton and Burnley. And Luton are actually getting results, man. I cannot believe it. I thought, I thought Luton were a surefire to be sat rock bottom of the league all season long. Everyone, every like football person across all of social media predicted Burnley to do all right and Luton to be the worst of the worst. They're actually at the moment they're the best of newly promoted teams, and Burnley are. Dyer. Yeah, I mean the thing is like, I still say Luton would go down. I I still think Luton will go down, and I think Burnley definite. I don't. I just can't see Everton going down because they've got the quality. But they're getting points before the point deduction. They're getting points before they've got hundred points deduction. They're getting draws, mm. wins. Um, they've got a few wins actually. Three, four wins. Um, I think they had four wins. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they'll be fine. Even with the points deduction, I think that's the thing where, um, I mean, the fans will be fuming, obviously, with the Premier League and like how they've got about. I mean, they've handed in a, the appeal, haven't they? Um, I think that was done day before yesterday. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, they could lose that appeal and get handed a further deduction. I think. Um, I think I read that that it could get worse if they lose the appeal. But yeah, I think for Everton, it's just stay up um, and. Just move on from this season because of the points deduction, and it's the last season in the Goodison Park as well. Um, I mean, I'm going to be going to Everton away next weekend. Um, last time going to Goodison, I actually like going to Goodison cause, just because it's like one of those small stadiums, um, traditional Premier League stadiums, close to the pitch and all that. Um, but yeah, I, with Everton fans, it's just one of those times now where they just want to move on from this season, stay up, um, and just get the stadium stuff started, move into the new stadium. Um, they're not going to go down. Realistically, they're not going to go down. I think people would love it because it's Everton and they don't like the fans and whatnot. But yeah, I can't see it. There's too many worse teams than them. Yeah, we'll talk about. Um, we'll just well we'll breeze, breeze past Luton Palace because yeah, great result for Luton. Um, Elise, can I say about Elise again? Quality, just coming back from injury, and he just <laughs> that goal that he scores just so lovely. He just dribbles past him and he just smacks it in top corner. He's got all. The, I know he signed a contract extension, and he's um and he's meant to sign for us last summer. But then we got Parma instead. Um, was not regret with that really. But then he's surely he's going to leave anyways. Like maybe not this summer, but next January or whatever. Like he's too good for Palace, really. Isn't he? I mean, he's, I think he's like a cut above the rest. Well, yes and no, though. I feel like Zaha was like that at Palace, wasn't he? And it was always he's too good for me, he's too good for him, and but he's not actually been. Like when he went to United, Zaha wasn't great. And, you know, Elise maybe looks at him and goes, maybe I should secure my myself a little bit more because, you know, you can still... Palace have had patches. Like, they've had seasons where they've been a good team. 
Um, they, they obviously never really get European football or anything like that, but they they can be good. And yeah, you'd assume you'd assume at some point it'd go. But I don't know if I was at least I'd probably stick around Palace for a bit more. I think the fans get behind you there, and they'll love you and like. Will he want to stay though? Because the talks of Hodgson getting a sack again and like, I mean, they sacked Hodgson, got Vieira in, and they sacked him and got Hodgson back. And there's already been talks of Hodgson losing his job if they carry on dropping, losing games like this. Because they've not been doing great this season. I mean, last season, I know they did great towards back end of the season um, when they thrashed Leeds away, especially like that 5 1 or whatever it was for them. Um, but well, at the moment, they're, they're 13th on 15 points. Like, they're not doing horrendously. They're literally tied with Wolves and Fulham, and those three teams are all very, are a very similar level right now. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a direction though with Roy Hodgson where I think if they sack Hodgson again, and players will just be thinking, what we're we really doing here because they sacked Vieira for Hodgson, and Hodgson was the one that left before Vieira. It's just like we're just going back and forth really. Um, mm. Yeah, I just I just think if Felicia is really going to stay, Palace will have to like. Show some ambition, whether it's like recruitment or just climbing up the table a bit, like just getting consistent. The, the, even the goal they conceded um, last, yeah, it was the second goal that Luton scored, where it was like a ball into the box or something. Um, it was quite a soft goal, to be fair. Like the, I actually think Elise is like he should, he was. I don't think he'll stand around for that, like next season onwards, because I think you put him in a Spurs side as like a Kulusevski rotation player or. A top six well, that's what I was going to say. Who, who's he actually go to? Like, I don't think he starts anywhere. I mean, that's I'm sure like... Paulie will spend 70 million on him and stockpile him and we'll have him as like uh, yeah. a backup for Cole Palmer, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, now look, I'm looking at the table, trying to look at a team that I think he would start for. Maybe Brighton? Potentially it's Brighton? He's got a long-term injury, so... Yeah... But when Tony March is fit, he, he'll be playing. Yeah. Because he is a he is a monster for him. West Ham, maybe. Brentford, maybe. That's what I'm saying. They're not, there's not, I don't think that, if I think if anything, if he was going to move, he'd probably be smarter going to a different league because I, I don't know if he is good enough to play for like a traditional top six team or something like that. I don't know if he's quite that, that level. It's hard to tell. You know, some players some players look amazing at small teams and then yeah. go to big teams and get poo. Some players look amazing at that level, then go to a big team and go, and go up another step, don't they? I think um, Zaha at United was a bit too early, though, wasn't he? Because wasn't Zaha like, still really young at United? Well, he was also unlucky because he signed and then Ferguson retired. So, like, I, I, I think he signed the season before Fergie retired. Um, didn't play much under Fergie then. Under um, under Moyes, everyone looked absolutely terrible. He took a he took a team that had just won the Prem and made him look absolutely dog. So it wasn't it wasn't the best time to be at United. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I, if I was at least, I'd probably try and stick out. Then they've got Eze and stuff as well. Like the Packers do have some all right players, and I think it would just take a yeah, like you say, maybe a, maybe a actually making a good manager sign in would be. I mean, if I don't know what it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because to go back to Roy Hodgson, you know, I do love a bit of boy and coming out of retirement every two seasons just to break his own oldest manager in the Premier League record. Um, but like, 
I think the players. And then yeah, Vieira was it was his first job, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. Was it Vieira's first job, or maybe they'd done a team in France, maybe? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, why don't you just sign like a solid manager, like an experienced, good manager that you know can at least try to change up a little bit and get the best out of players like Elise and Eze because they are fucking brilliant. Like Eze is really good. Every any time I watch him, I always think he's he's dangerous. But yeah. yeah. Um. Let's roll Alan on. Pardew, I miss Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew, for a million years, I feel it on Sky. When he used to be. Mate, when he, did, when he did the dance against United, and it, it's the only <laughs> thing I ever remember Alan Pardew is doing the dance, and then we beat him, Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Oh, and also the reason you never see him on TV anymore. Um, might have to tell Benji to bleep this out because if, if this is going on YouTube, they won't like it. But you know, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's on Match of the Day, Alan Pardew, and someone, someone body someone. He's oh. like, Oh yeah, he's absolutely raped him. You're like, whoa! <laughs> it's on like BBC midday TV. You're like, oh, no, you can't say that, Alan. Jesus. <laughs> I think that went viral on Twitter a while ago. But yeah, um, I do miss him. You know, he's one of those classic Premier League managers. I mean, there's other ones out there, but I mean, where even is it nowadays? I haven't seen him anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like if they look out, if they look out into the market, that you know, like look at a team like Brighton, mate. They seem to pick out managers that no one's heard of, like. And do so well. Look at like Thomas Frankson out of Brentford. Like, do you mean Palace could be Palace could play at that level if they got a manager because they have been in the Premier a long time. Like they're an established Prem team. They've got some like like some good attacking players, some good experienced players. Like Jordan Ayew. I know he doesn't like scream like no everyone's begging to have Jordan Ayew in the team, but he's actually a pretty a decent player. Like he does. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got experience. He does get goals. I think yeah, yeah like you, like you're kind of suggesting if you got a better manager in there. Or a manager that was at least willing to try and do something a little bit more modern, should we say? Because let's let's be real, Royalton is an old school manager, isn't it? It's it's four four two or four three three, and just like sit yeah. it back, and break on a counter. Like it's never it's never sublime football. It's never like heavily tactical, is it? Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with Palace. I have although to be fair, actually, the only other thing I want to say is that. Beginning of the season, they seem so hard to beat. Like they did lose a couple of games. Like they, they obviously they beat us in the league. Um, I think Arsenal only beaten one nil. I think, I think someone else like struggled against them as well. And I was thinking, well, you know, they're being hard to beat at least, so they can carry that on. But to lose to Luton, that's a bad, that's a bad time of it. Like Jesus. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some more relegation teams or around that area. Uh, it was Sheffield United losing 3-1 to Bournemouth as well. Um, fair play to Bournemouth. I think they're actually showing a bit of fight now. There was a patch where you're thinking that they could be actually in the mix to go down as well. Um, but they started picking up points, didn't they? So, like, he started playing well. And yeah, I think, and I think Sheffield United, a bit like Burnley every week, seem to look more and more like they're going to get relegated. I can't. I think Sheffield United are just like Burnley. Can't. They're not going to get results. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't really remember the goals from that game, but I mean, Iriol has done decent at Bournemouth. I mean, even was it even last season where uh, I think it was early this year. They don't get they get results now and then, don't they? But Bournemouth. Um, mm. I put, no, the, it was the end of last season. They went, they went on a crazy run, didn't they? Because I think they were in relegation for most of the season. Then the last ten games or something, they picked up loads of good results and I managed to stay up. 
Um, yeah. But... I mean, Solanke's the guy in for Bournemouth. He, he scored, was it against mm. Newcastle when he got the brace? Um, yeah, I think we, so. They've got both players, haven't they, um, in the team that can just get points on the board when, you know, when, when they need it. Um, so, yeah, I think Bournemouth will be all right. Um, not not much to really say about Bournemouth for me because they're just one of those teams that they don't really catch the eye, but they'll get results now and then and be all right in the league. Well, I think I think Bournemouth normally look Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth like you say ne- they never stand out as a good team. They normally often look like one of the weakest teams in the league, but with with some of the dross that's come up, um, they 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 don't look nearly as bad as Sheffield, Luton, or Burnley, do they? That's the thing. They they look easily better than all of those teams, and I think that's basically what's going to save <clears throat> like Everton and Bournemouth probably just loving life, knowing that they're not going to get relegated because the teams that have come up just really aren't up to the grades. Um, and I was also thinking then. Do you reckon we will see like the lowest point tally in the relegation zone? Because I remember when, mate, when I was young, it was always you need to get 40 points to stay up. I swear the last few seasons, you only need like 30, 31 and you'll stay up because there's so many teams just absolutely dogged out at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I mean, that could be the case this year because it's, it's not just one team that's really bad. It's a few, Sheffield United, Burnley. Luton, to be fair, have been well, decent. But... Effectively, effectively, it's, we're 13 games in, so it's just over a third of the season, isn't it? Three times yeah. out would be 39. So if you times it out now, if they if they played at the exact same rate they're playing now, Burnley would finish the season on 12 points. Sheffield United, around 15. And Luton would be about 27 Um So that's and that's just by that on their if they, if they continued. But imagine that if there's teams with less than 20 points, like Jesus, that is stinking, isn't it? And I think, yeah. like, this is to be honest, this isn't really tied up to within this season or what we're discussing too much. But I've said this to Benji before um, when he's trying to give it the big and about like the city hundred pointers and when people try and compare, like new like the city treble winning team and the United treble winning team and saying, that, oh well, Fergie never got more than. Like the Liverpool fans always say that when they they got like 98 points, it's like Fergie never got that many points. Bloody Barnes. Like, figures back then the teams were way more, they were more balanced, and the teams at the bottom were a lot better than the teams at the bottom nowadays. There wasn't such a disparity in there, and you could, if you look at the points though, that's what I'm saying. It used to be you needed 40 points to stay up, and it, and it would be 40 points. It would always be around that mark. Nowadays, yeah, 30 points probably would have kept you up in the last like three seasons, four seasons. There is. There's such a disparity that the teams at the bottom just get smoked so much more than they used to. Um, and yeah, once I mean, again this year, there's just teams that get smacked. It's interesting because it's like the top six over the years have got stronger and stronger in quality where it's almost inseparable, like the Villa, Brighton, like the, they could be in, in and around the top four. So it's like the top six get stronger, but then the bottom half teams, they're just getting weaker and weaker, like especially... 15, yeah. below, 15s and below, they're just getting weaker and weaker where teams can just go there and just, just batter them for four Well, I think, I, I think nowadays, I think nowadays people have a lot less loyalty to clubs, don't they? Um, and clubs also scout teenagers and stuff. Do you know I mean, they're taking like the best youth players out of the lower, do you know I mean, back in the day, you might have like a lower team, have like a few great players come through there. 
their academy whatever and stay with them for a few years which makes them good whereas now you know if there's like a, if yeah. there's a class youngster at like crystal palace's youth academy they might just get taken by chelsea or arsenal or something like and and then even and even if not even if they get to the prem for that club as soon as they're good in the prem they just get hoovered up don't they buy better buy better teams with more money um but yes a bit of a bit of a sidestep there but we'll go back to the games from this weekend um let's say city liverpool for last because that that is an interesting one and we definitely want to talk about that a bit and make sure we cuss city out just to wind up benji on the edit um we'll do we'll just talk about forest brighton really quick uh forest brighton was three two to brighton which is a lot tighter i think than any of us expected um brighton at 10 men as well managed to get the result which they'll be very happy with uh they've also come off the back of a bit of a poor patch haven't they Brighton? they really were struggling for a few weeks there and i think that that win could give them a bit of hope bit of confidence some momentum and they need it if they want to be in europe again next year because at the moment they're drifting out a little bit they're, they're only a point behind newcastle in eighth but you don't want that to continue for too long. You, If you want to be there, in and around there at the end of the season, you need to keep up right now. Yeah, considering like the, if they've lost a lot of games, like was it the past eight or something, where they struggled to really get a win. Um, and to only be a point behind Newcastle, two point I mean, what, four, three, four points behind Spurs? Is it, I think Spurs mean fifth or something. Um, but yeah, like, that's not bad at all, really. Because if you think about it, it just takes... One or two more wins, and they could be fifth or fourth, um, depending on if Spurs continue to lose. So I think, as bad as Brighton have been the past six, seven games, they're still in a good position, really, where they can they can sort of afford like a bad patch as long as they get back winning games again. I mean, the win against Forest is huge because going Forest away is always tough. I think it's it's tougher than made out now because I think Forest have like a lot of quality in the attack where. They can get at teams and hit them on the counter. I mean, they, they made it hard for Villa as well, didn't they, Forrest, a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, to get the win away at Forrest, that's huge. Cause, and I deserve it on about it a lot, but um, the departures of like Kaiser and McAllister and like, how detrimental it's been to the team. Um, and they've not really been able to like replace them. Um, they talk about a problem with the keeping situation as well. Um, Steele v. Bruggen. I, I don't think none of them are really here. Um, but Still get the three points. Um, and Joao Pedro scoring as well. I mean, that just annoys me because I had him in my FPL for weeks and weeks and he didn't, he didn't do anything. I take him out and he scores a bloody brace. I mean, it's just my <laughs> luck again. It's just my luck again. Um, but yeah, like, it's, good going, it's good going for Brighton now. They just need to keep this going. Just keep goals flowing. Um, I think defense, they'll still concede the goals because defensively they're not great, really, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I think... Whoever they got next, who they got next? Is it? Yeah, who they got us? I'm saying who they got next. They got us. Um, but, yeah, not <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy win for them then. Nah, I think I think we'll um, I think we'll get something from that. Um, we beat them in the cup anyways not long ago, and they had their strong team out while we rotated a bit. Um, so I think we'll that'll be a big game. That's gonna be a big game because if Brighton win that, then. I think you're looking at them going on another run again because they've got Brentford at home after Burnley at home. Two home games after that. And then they've got Arsenal away. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting with Brighton because last season they were so good and I think people get used to seeing Brighton just win every game because of 
where Deserve is taking them, like the quality of Deserve as like a manager. Um, and like he's, he's overperformed with Brighton, I think, um, to a standard to an extent, mm. anyways. Um, and to see Brighton lose now, it's like a bit of a shock, like to see them lose so many because it's like you're so used to seeing Brighton just win most weeks. I mean, it just shows how good they did last season, like the achievement that they got to get into Euro. Um, and obviously losing key players, but yeah, I mean, it's just for them to get on the run now. It's eighth in the league, um, and it's not bad considering they've lost a few games. Um, but the win against Forest is huge. They just need to keep that going. If they lose, if they lose against us, then it's inconsistency again. Back at it, you know, one step forward, two steps back, sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think Brighton must still be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. To be fair, even if they lost to you, West Ham would have to win to overtake them, so they can only drop to the ninth. But yeah, we'll see with Brighton. It, it was a tough one, and we all said as well that we kind of all predicted that European football could be a problem for them. Um, and it kind of was. It's ever since that first European game, wasn't it, against I think Palk, wasn't it? I think was it Palk? Um, and yeah, ever since then, yeah, they've just. They've just not not been what they were. Like before that, they were unbelievable and they were one of the best teams in the league. And since then, they've been really up and down. Um, it's hard to predict with it's hard to predict with Brighton now. You just don't know don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but with that, we'll roll on to um, Brentford nil, Arsenal one. Not not great from Arsenal, was it? Yeah, I think some will say it's not great, but but I don't I don't think it's great because they're not as they're not as good as they were last season. I think that's a fact. I think since they lost Shaka and like Havertz coming to the team, they've sort of like just lost that bite in midfield, midfield and attack areas. Um, but yeah, like they've been, like, like Gary Neville said um, himself, like they've become more of a a team that's just able to grind out results, sort of like Liverpool in nineteen twenty, where they didn't score as many as they did the season before when they didn't win the league, but they were getting more wins, like. It's mad to me like Arsenal are top of the league because I, I, from performances, I'd say second, third in the league. Second, second, third. I'd say in a, a, in, on Liverpool's level, but they've been winning games, aren't they? I mean, credit to them. Like They've not been as free-flowing in attack, I'd say, like, as they were last season. I mean, Shaka was... I don't think they really replaced him properly. Um, and I still... I mean, Havertz scoring in the last, in the last minute as well. Um, I think I've got a lot to say about that, actually, because... I get, I get what Arteta was saying about Havertz in the pre, uh, last press conference. He was like, he's in an environment now where he feels trusted in and believed in and comfortable. I think he was taking a dig at Chelsea where um, Havertz like criticised a lot, but I, I don't get the point of it because I don't think. I mean, fair enough. He's scored, as if he's um, fair enough. He's as, as if he's not been criticised loads this season, as if he's not been criticised loads yeah. this season and had loads of bad performances, mate. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Habits. Like, fair enough, he scored against Lens as well, and it was his. I saw a stat. It was. Um, it said it was his first open play goal with his feet since March, something like that, um, which is mad. Well, that goal was um, a header, wasn't it, against against yeah. Brentford? Yeah, um, and like, I I still think Habits. Like, I still I still think it's not just Habits. Like Arsenal as a team, they're just not. I don't know. So Joe is still out because Arsenal could, as the season go on, just become better and better. Um, I mean, defensively they're really, really good. Um, but yeah, Saliba's just a joke, isn't he? Yeah, he's too good. I think he, to have Saliba, White, Rice, 
Gabriel, to have that core like in defence, that's solid. That is. That's that. Mm. I, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if come end of the season they have a better defensive record than City do. I mean, because I know City normally had the best defence in the league, but the height, physicality, and like the abilities on the ball are good as well. From Gabriel, Saliba, and White, um, and Rice. That's just a solid. But they got party as well. I mean, I don't know what's happened with him. Um, injuries or whatever. But um, yeah. But I just think with Arsenal, I just think with Arsenal, it's just I don't know. Like, I think there'll be some games where they struggle to score, and it'll be like a nil-nil, or they concede that last-minute goal and they lose one-nil. I, I don't know. I just think they're lacking that. I mean, the thing is, credit to them though, because this is Arsenal without a proper striker. You know, people are saying they need to stand like a Tony or an Ozzyman, um, which I think they will do. You know, when the time comes for it. But I mean, credit to Arteta because they've got Inketia who's done a job. Jesus is. We know who what Jesus is like is really really good. But not exactly like a clinical clinical finisher, but yeah, I think for me, I think they'll drop points um, on the way. But credit to them for getting the win against Brentford, albeit you know the 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 last guy I want to see scoring for Arsenal in Havertz. But um, yeah, I don't think the Jervis still out with Arsenal. Though. Um, I. I've seen a lot of people saying this, and I know Gary Neville was kind of making a point of it, saying that he thinks that Arsenal are better equipped this year to win the league, but I actually disagree. Yeah, like you said, I, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And I think that the, one of the big things I wanted to talk about from this game is also the thing that I think is going to trip them up over the season, and that's the goalkeeping situation. Ramsdale yeah. was really lucky not to concede early on from that, like, yeah. I don't know what he's doing, like, why does he take so long? And then... And then he threw it. It takes so long. Wasn't that throw it on the floor? And like he, no, he it's when it. no, there was no. So it was a, it was either a free kick from offside or something, or it was a goal kick. And the defender passed him the ball, and then he just like doesn't pass it, doesn't kick it out quick enough, and he just gets completely shut down. And then when he finally does kick it, like in that situation, last second kick from the keeper, you're thinking just fucking blast it. I mean, just get just get as far away as possible. Um. But he like almost like passed it like so weak, and the, uh, I don't know who it is for Brentford, but the guy pays it back and he shoots, and yeah, it gets cleared off the line. Um, and it, just a look on Ramsdale's face, like his confidence just looks like he's absolutely shot to bits. And like Ryan's acting a few stinkers as well, hasn't he for him? Like so now they've got like two goalkeepers who are both good goalkeepers on their day, but are both looking a bit oh, off. Yeah. And and like, I get that at the end of last season, Rams, some of Ramsdale's mistakes, you could you could say cost Arsenal, um, but I still think that maybe they should have stuck with him. A bit like United yeah, with De Gea, mate. I think the change in the goalkeeper actually doesn't strengthen them, um, and that maybe it wasn't necessary. Do you know what I mean maybe they could have just stuck with Ramsdale for at least for another season? Um, because this situation they're in now, it just isn't good. I don't think it's good for either of them. I think they both look more nervous. Um, and then Zinchenko stopped the goal on the line as well. So they've had two goal line clearances in that game, which is, on the one hand, that's a good thing because you and like you get the clean sheet and you have two goal line clearances. So you're thinking, oh, that's good. That's good defensive work. That's good like defending as a team and having other people stepping into, into that area to stop goals. But also... You don't, you don't want to be in a situation where those things are happening either, do you? If you if you're trying to really like, you don't really see City clearing goals off the line very often. Like there's a there's a really famous one against Liverpool, isn't there? 
But that's yeah, against Liverpool, who are their competition for the league, exactly. Beyond that, you never see City going off line, so don't get in a situation where that happens. Um, Arsenal had two against the struggling Brentford. It's not the best, is it? Like, if this yeah. was Brentford of old, if this was Brentford of last season and you, won, and you win 1-0, I'd say, fair enough, it's a good result, Brentford, good team. But this year, Brentford really haven't been that great. Um, and if Arsenal... It's tough, isn't it? I get what Gary Neville was saying about how they're winning uglier and actually that's the kind of winning that wins you titles and stuff. I get that. But at the same time, it just don't look nearly as convincing. And I feel like if they managed to lose their heads last season when they're a much better team and more convincing and, and more impressive, what's going to happen at the end of this season when, you know, some people get injured, if Rice gets injured or Saliba gets injured again, or, you know, it's, it starts to go down a little bit. Like, I just, I just see them struggling. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think, I mean, last season, the comparison with last season is they started it on fire. Like, they were thrashing teams home and away. Um, I mean, Brent, when they played Brentford away last season, I think they won like 3 4 nil, And they were bringing off that 15-year-old off the bench, that um, Aerial. Um Like, they were just toying with teams to the point where they had the games wrapped up by like a 60 70th minute. Um, and the thing is, Brentford were, they had time. Yeah, they had Tony last season at that time of the season at the start. Where Arsenal beat them three 0 uh, three or four 0 Like this time last season, they were just flashing teams home and away. Whereas now it's more, you know, controlled, less uh, less goals, especially away from home. More vulnerabilities, a bit like dodginess in the back. I still think Arsenal are very good defensively. I think they're well set defensively, like with the players that they have. But we're just not quite seeing that with like the two goal line clearances. Like I don't know if it's a bit of complacency, bit of complacency or what. But I think. The main problem for me, I think, going forward, that I think that bite that they had in midfield with Shaka last season, I mean, he got key goals. I mean, did he score against United or was it big against Spurs? I think where he was making underlapping runs and getting into the box where he was just he, he scored against Spurs, he scored in a few big games, he scored against United a couple of years ago as well. I think um, I think he was a big loss for them actually because it's, it's funny because Shaka went from being like. You know, a player that so hated, so loved, didn't he? And he, was, yeah. he was he was always a fight risk, though, wasn't he, Xhaka? He was always a risk for a red card or something stupid. Like even yeah. when he was doing well, he still picked up. So I kind of it's not letting go of him that was a problem. But yeah, they didn't. Obviously, bought Rice, but I think they needed to get someone to play next to him as well because I think Xhaka yeah. would have been good next to him. And I think yeah, Party's not been playing much. I don't know if it's because of the, some of the allegations against him or if it's because of injury, but. I don't know if you want to play... A party played a right-back, didn't he, a few weeks ago? I think he played him a right-back. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It's it's hard with Arsenal because, like you say, they're top of the league, but you you never think it when you watch them. You never think they were top of the league. Yeah. Last season, last season they were undoubtedly yeah, were the best team in the league. Until the, until the last, like, 10 games, they were undoubtedly the best team in the league. When now, you could say... I don't think they are. I still would think that City are the better team. And even though City have had more dodgy results than Arsenal, I, I still just back City to beat them at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's time will tell of Arsenal. And I think how the goalkeeping situation resolves itself it could make a big difference. Um, I think that's a big problem because I think goalkeeper, goalkeeping area is the last area on the pitch where you want uncertainty. Like if you're going to have. Mm. To have two top goalkeepers, two good goalkeepers, and to have them coming in and out, and 
it's just not going to help either of them, really, I think. Um, I mean, Arteta might talk it down in press conferences and say, you need that that competition, which is, I get, but in the goalkeeping area, you, you, I just want a solid number one that you can just rely on for every single game. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, and they're standing the side right now, aren't they? 40 million from Brentford, because it's a loan or something right now, and then they're set to like sign him. Um, I think they've already done that, actually. It's a loan, yeah. Um, um, I think with Ramsdale, I think, I think Ramsdale's all right. I mean, fair enough, he makes a mistake now. And then Ryan's the same. Um, I think Ryan's probably like not as like you know what I mean, like not as dodgy with the ball at his feet. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's just one of those where neither are really that convincing. But that's what that's the story with a lot of goalkeepers nowadays. I mean, we spoke about it um, mm. before. Other than like the top top tier of goalkeepers, Edison, Allison, the rest below are just. Not exactly convincing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, so what you even said there about the loan, like they had to get the loan. I remember saying this to Benji in the first the first episode of this season, I think, that it was wild because they had to do a loan because they couldn't afford to buy him. And I think I don't think it's 40, but I think it's like 28 mil is the is the price tag on there. And I just thought, and that was also why I thought it was weird that they spent 70 mil yeah. on Havertz and then you're getting this goalkeeper like, in on loan. The hundred million on Rice, I I get that. I get spending the money there, and, and Rice has been worth it for them. He's been so good, but Havertz, yeah, I think was a strange one to spend so much money on. Like I think you could have got a much better player for yeah. for that, that money. I mean, they could have got two, you spent two all that players for that money, but couldn't they really have that? Yeah, exactly. And players. and the fact that they spent that money and then had to loan Raya because they couldn't afford to actually buy. You couldn't even afford the twenty eight mil to buy him. That seems a bit strange. Um, and also, I think if you were in that, if you were in that situation, and you know the money's tight, like Ramsdale wasn't a wasn't bad last season. So you think, yeah. do you just stick it out and just go look? We'd like to have Raya, but it's maybe not necessary. Maybe wait a couple of seasons, and then we'll look at it. Like, yeah. And I, to be honest, I think it's brought both their levels down. I think both with goalkeepers as well. Like, then like you said, like, like you want to have a number one, you rely on. But yeah, a goalkeeper, you just want to stick with the goalkeeper's time. Like, not to always bring it back to United, but like Andre Nan, obviously at the moment, everyone's calling for him to be dropped. And I think, I think in the Champions League, he definitely has to be. I, I drop him in the Champions League, but in the league, I think, I think he has to stick with him because he's, he actually was improving. And I, in the article I wrote about the Everton game, I think he had a good game then. I think in the league, he's actually been doing okay. Um, but he's making a lot of mistakes. And I think the worst thing you could do now is say, right, well, you're dropped because then those mistakes will only get worse, won't they? Because you lose your sharpness and you lose any confidence you had in yourself. And I think Ryan and Ramsdale are both worse than they were last season. And I think it's because neither of them are playing every week and neither of them are certain about their position in the club. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out both for United and Arsenal with the goalkeeper situation. Um, it's... It's huge on Arteta, it's massive pressure on Arteta and Tenag because the big choices that they've had to make, I mean, getting rid of De Gea for Onana, I mean, that's brought like tons of media pressure for that. And then Arteta to go, we have two good keepers, as good as they are, like, they're on each other's level. It's not like one's, you know, standingly clear than the other. Um, and it, you never know, it could just cost them in the league if they keep chopping and changing with the keepers like that. And then each making mistakes here and then. I mean, what what you can do after like if you sign in, if you, if they permanently sign Raya, and 
it's not really clear that if it's too much for chopping and changing come like end of the season next season, then surely one of them, I think Ramsdale would leave because there's already been talk about Ramsdale leaving and weirdly like talk of us going for him. But um, yeah, I think you can I mean, we had it years ago when we won the league 14 um, 15 and we had Czech and Courtois. And, but the thing is, like, we had Courtois starting the league games and Czech would come in like here and then um, for like the cup games. Um, which was fine, but I think if you if you're gonna chop and change consistently for league games, especially, then it's not gonna help either of them really. It's not gonna help. Mm. Oh, I agree. Um, but let's move on then to the last game of the weekend. Um, was actually the first game of the weekend, but the last game for us to talk about. City won, Liverpool won. Um, a good game, probably a lot less goals than I thought there was gonna be. Um. Haaland gets his obligatory goal, but what an assist it is for Mbappe! What a run it is that he makes. Chops in a few players, doesn't he? And plays and clean through. Um, Haaland obviously getting the quickest 50 prem goals ever, which is just mental. They're 13 games into his second season, he's got 50 prem goals. I'm like, what? Um, Trent obviously shushing the City fans. Quite funny, to be fair. Did you still have a thought about him potentially getting fined? Yeah, because he said I, I was I was right. No. Well, because he said it was deliberately to wind them up. That's because you're not you're not meant to do celebrations that are deliberately going to wind up. That thing is yeah, it's just because he said that. Game. Like that was a stupid thing to say. Yeah, but he doesn't have to say it. He doesn't have to say it because then he gets in trouble. He doesn't say it and he goes, "Ah, oh, just my celebration." Like, it's what I do. Um, but the thing the thing I want to say about Trent as well about that shush is that I've seen a lot of people. Um, there's been a lot of people. But having a go at him and saying that he had a terrible game and then just them at the end. Because um, I've seen a lot of people saying that Doku was like tearing him up. But then I saw someone put out stats that was like, I think Doku had like a 0.08 expected goals and a 0.06 expected assists or something like that from his time with Trent. So Trent was actually actually had an all-right game defensively against Doku, at least. Um, yeah. It's, it's a I tough one. I wouldn't say Doku, like, tore him up. I wouldn't say anything. Like, he got past him on a few occasions. But, but what position never, was he getting past him yeah. into? That That's what the point was of those that the guy said about the stats is, like, maybe he ran past him, but it's like, what posi- where is he pushing yeah. him to? Is he getting him into a good... Is he push, getting past him into a good position, or is he getting past him, but in a tougher slot, which actually is good positional defending? Do you know what I mean? If you're playing against a kind of like no, apart from Aaron Wan Bissaka, I don't think there's any defender in the league that would confidently be able to tackle Doku, you know, ten times in a game. Well, we did, and they still scored, still scored, still scored four yeah, goals. And Benji said the opposite. There wouldn't be one battle. That's a contest. Rich James, James had him. He had him. Mm. That was well agreed on social media after the game. Okay, so maybe there's two right backs in the league then that can consistently tackle him. Wan Bissaka's um, on another level, though, defensively, like tackling. He just has anyone like that. He's so good. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was quite that was quite a contentious one. So I, I didn't get to watch the whole game. It's annoying. It's like impossible to find whole games online. It, I mean, it's, it's really you can't really find like a stream of a whole game anywhere. Um, Imagine, I thought you'd have Sky Sports. I thought you'd be all Sky Sports. You have to. Do you know? Do you watch all these games on streams then online? Because that's a pain. Okay. Obviously not. Obviously, I have legitimate. Um, I'll go to places to watch games yeah. legitimately, of course. Of course. <laughs> this is going on the internet, of course. I do 
of my game watching legitimately of course um let's move on from that um a player that i want to talk about for city actually was a kanji mate and i'm i i'm rapidly not liking a kanji i think he's a fucking dirty player and i think he always seems to be involved in really contentious goals um Obviously, fouls the keeper. It definitely is a foul. I don't want to hear anything about it. It's definitely a foul. You can't, you can't jump up with your arm on the keeper like this. Always going to be given as a foul um, for the disallowed goal. Yeah. Um, and he he was the one that was miles offside and clearly trying to play the ball against Fulham, and the goal somehow got given. And then it was him last season when Bruno scored against City, and they were all crying. And because he just switches off, mate, and he just goes, I'm not going to go for the ball because Rashford's offside, then Bruno scores it instead. Like, it was a Kanji then as well. There's just something about him, mate. I just don't know. And every, all the corners, he was always stood there and Alisson. And I was like, you've already had a goal disallowed for, like, pushing him. Like, why you just stand on him all the time? I just, yeah, there's something about Kanji, mate. I think he's just a bit dirty and he just seems to be involved in bad parts of the game. I don't know. He's been solid, though, hasn't he, since he's come in? Have they only signed him for, like, 20 million or something, 25 million? Um, so I, think a lot of I think he was a free. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's a lot of very low risk signing then. Um, and did an incredible year last season. Um, but yeah, oh, he's, he's a solid that, defender. He's good, he's, but there's just something about him, mate. He just seems to be. Yeah, he man. just seems to be involved in yeah, like ugly parts of the game or contentious parts of the game, and it's just yeah, not not liking him at all. Yeah, um, but. That's the thing, we stayed defensively. I don't think they were that bad against Liverpool defensively. I mean, Liverpool, I know they had chances, but City had... City had City, I mean, well, I remember watching yeah. the second half. City created more than enough to score three, four. They created more than enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they get the draw in the end. I still think City should have won being at home anyways. I mean, regardless of it being a 12 kickoff where the atmosphere isn't great. But when you're at home like that in big games, you've got to win those. But I don't. That's the thing. I don't think Pep will be so so bothered about it because he got the he got one of the toughest league games done on that the way of the season, and you know he's getting Liverpool who are doing well to be fair this season like very very well. So yeah, I don't. I just think it was one of those games where it was played a bit too early on in the season where this if this game was played like way later in the way later in the season, um, better kickoff time as well. Cause I don't like twelve thirties, but um, yeah, I just think. There wasn't that much hype to it this time around um, because it's still early mm. on in the year, in the season. I think as well, just because Liverpool weren't the main team challenge in City last year, were they? So I don't, it doesn't have the same yeah, hype yeah. as Arsenal City does now. Um, but yeah, Liverpool had a few chances as well, to be fair. Yeah, Nunes had that one, didn't he? It was just wide. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird game. It wasn't, it wasn't as exciting. As those as that game has been over the years, as it, like you say, it was just fell a bit flat. I think it wasn't yeah. wasn't what you expected. And you you kind of wanted to be high. I think I predicted three two for that game because I thought it was gonna be high scoring, and just one one at the end is a bit like meh. I feel like one one is just like one of the most boring results you can have. It's so just meh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, so that is all the games covered. Sorry, Benji, we're not talking about your lovely city anymore. Um, let us go through. If I can actually find our game, there we go. The predictions that we had for these games. 
So, City-Liverpool, we all predicted a City win. I said 3-2, Ben said 2-0, you said 3-1, so nothing there. Burnley-West Ham, obviously you and me predicted a Burnley win. Um, that West Ham win, obviously Benji predicted a Burnley win, the clown. So, me and you will both have a nice little point for that. What, Scott? Did I always me... follow West Ham game? Did I go for a... You went 3-0, I said ah. 3-1. So I only needed one more goal. I, I I think I looked through this week and I was well close on a few of them as well. Um, Luton Palace, Benji said nil nil. You and me both said two one Palace. We actually had that one the wrong way around. Um, Newcastle Chelsea. I cannot believe me and Benji predicted a Chelsea win. What, what the fuck were we thinking? It was because of that four all with City, wasn't it? We got too we got on the hype train too much and thought you were actually okay again. Well, uh, you predicted one. One all, yeah. Silly, silly men we are. We should have known that. Um, Forest Brighton. Christ, I said two all. You said two all as well. And Benji said one nil Brighton, so he gets himself oh. a point there. The only one to get a point is so this. Never want to see Benji win, do you? So that's that's the toughest part. Um, Sheffield United, Bournemouth. Oh, yes. Again, I said 2-1 to Bournemouth. It was 3-1 in the end. You said 1-0 Bournemouth, so you get a point as well. Benji said 1-0. Christ, you are absolutely tearing away on this league. You are so far ahead. Might give you a little I point deduction. I, 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 I need to get more scores exactly right, I think. I think I'm, I'm No, you don't. I'm lacking in that. You're so yeah. far ahead already. No, that's because that's what got you ahead. You've had a few spots on. Um, Brent. For Arsenal, we all predicted an Arsenal win. I said 3-1, Ben said 2-0, you said 2-1. So only 1-0 in the end, but we all do get a point. Um, there we go, just tallying them up. Villa, Spurs. Oh, you've got it spot on. 2-1, you bastards. You <laughs> bastards. Oh. I said I said 3-2, Benji said 2-0. So we all predicted a Villa win to be fair um, and they did come in with it I think we all know Spurs are falling. I cannot believe this you are storming ahead you're 14 points ahead of me and in second that is disgraceful um, Everton United I said 2-1 United so I get a point Benji said 4-0 Everton because he thinks he's funny and you said 2-1 Everton mate because you think you're Mr Baller as well so I'll at least take a point for backing my team there. Um, and Fulham Wolves is the last one. Oh, we didn't talk about Fulham Wolves. That was a dodgy, dodgy, dodgy game. What, what even was the result in that? Oh, my God. My brain has just fallen out. Uh, William, two penalties. It was just dodgy, though. Was oh, 3-2 Fulham, yeah. So oh, none of us God. get a point. Oh, that's why I was annoyed as well, because I remember I predicted two three twos and there was but just not in the games that I predicted um Christ so that was not a great week for any of us so Vic you are well out in the lead with 57 I'm on 44 in second place and Benji is in third with 40 like Christ 39 if he and Spencer's missed out the last few weeks so he was he was actually doing all right if he'd kept playing we would he would be he'd be up there but um He's not been available, so he's lost. He's lost out of out his predictions. Um, you guys have already got your predictions in for this game week, but I'll do mine live on air. Um, 
let's have a little look who we've got so games coming up today arsenal wolves at arsenal mm. think arsenal haven't been as convincing ever. wolves been all right do i go crazy and predict like a draw or something because wolves have I, picked up a few results nah i can't i like a 2-1 arsenal I think um, I went 3-0. I'll do 4-0, but I won't make it. Um, but I, think I can only see that being... Oh, um, yeah, I, I think I went 3-0. I'm just going to find my predictions. Um, yeah, I went 2-1 Arsenal, in fact. I mean, yeah, Wolves to get... You've gone 2-1 Arsenal as well, have you? Yeah. I, th- I don't think... I mean, for Wolves to score when... To be fair, they're not. They've been scored. I mean, they scored two out of four. Um, they've not been bad offensively. Yeah, I think two ones sounds about realistic. Um, yeah, I think I think Arsenal will definitely win though. I can't see him dropping points at Arsenal. Well, well, you say that, but Wolves beat City, didn't they? Um, yeah, that was at home though. That was at the yeah, that was at home, wasn't it? Was that the non you, Was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was um. I thought that was that city. That's what I was. Oh no, it can't have been because they had like a perfect home record or something, didn't they? Yeah. Um. So I'm just right looking through these. I should have been a bit more prepared because I'm just writing down all these games on my phone. So the next one is Brentford Luton. What have you predicted for that one? Two and Brentford. I think that'll just be another one-sided game where I'd, I'd be shocked if Luton do score. I'd be shocked a bit. Um. Because Brentford are defensive and. At home as well, they should keep a clean sheet. They should, if they're on it, they should keep a clean sheet. Um, and I think mm. Burmore, I can see Mbermo scoring Yanel, Norgard, one of those. Um, I'm going to not Brentford. It's tough because I, I don't really like backing Brentford this season. I feel like any time I've backed them, they've not not done it. Uh, but it is Luton, but then at the same time, I feel like I'm half, I need to get some points. I don't know if to go for a crazy draw prediction. That's what I mean. I feel like need to throw caution to the wind and try and catch up with you. Um, I just can't see, I can't see Luton getting anything, though, I think. Away from home. I might, actually, I might just go 1-0. I might just go 1-0 Brentford. I, Brentford hadn't been convincing me. And it's just Luton, you can't, you can never bat Luton, no matter who they're playing. Um, Burnley, Sheffield United at Burnley. That's a massive game in the relegation battle. 1-0. Does that what you predicted one all? Because that was my yeah. first thought. I think that'll no, be I'll... poor quality, poor game. I'll I'll make Benji know. happy and I'll go I'll go I'll go two one Burnley. I think Sheffield United are just so bad as well. Just because it's at Burnley, they might actually manage to scrape a win. Um, Forest Everton after that. Two-two. Forest have been doing all right. Everton. That'll be a good game. That will. That'll be a good game. I think that's on Sky as well at five thirty. But yeah, that'll be a good game. That. Um... No, wait, yeah, I think it's on Sky. Yeah, because it's before the new game. I might go. I yeah, might go 2 1 Everton. I might, I might predict the Everton win. I think against us, mate, they had so many shots and they just couldn't they couldn't find the back of the net. But they've been wait, haven't they been re, haven't they been like a lot better away from home than at home this season, Everton? I feel like they've literally got yeah. nothing at home, but away they've actually got a few results. So I'm going to go 2 1 Everton. Oh, oh, Newcastle v United. Like a crush run. So nervous about this game. I think we're going to get absolutely smoked. I've gone two on Newcastle. <sighs> Only two. I'd be tempted to go 
Three one, four one, three one. I might go four two. Am I about to change mine or is mine on? Is mine the one that I sent on? Is that the definite? Because I've gone with you can. Newcastle United. I think. You can change it. Yeah, you just have to get it written down. Now I get it. Get it sent in to me so it's official. So you can at least yeah. claim. Yeah, I might go four two. I think Newcastle going to score loads of goals. I think United. United attack has suddenly got a bit better, so Ganacho probably score, but I reckon we're going to get absolutely smoked. Yeah, I'll go, I think I think you'll concede like early ten minutes. Um, yeah, I think so. And if we do as well, that'll be us done because we are so terrible once we concede. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go three one Newcastle. Three. Only three. I think Benji went four 0 didn't he, cheeky bastard? Yeah. Could easily be four one or four two. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go three one. Bournemouth Villa after that, and I think maybe four 0 Villa. Maybe I yeah. might go four one. You know, I've gone three 0 Villa. Yeah, I think Villa is just just too good, aren't they? Chelsea Brighton, and that is tough. I might go, I might go two two. You know, you start it actually is- scoring some goals. Yeah. But Brighton is still better. Brighton is still better than you. Um, even in poor form, Brighton are better than you. You've got a lot of key players out, you know. But, um, yeah, but Chelsea are just poo, aren't they? I'm, I've got um, two one Chelsea just because of our home advantage and and our last game lost at Newcastle. I think we'll need to be up for that. So I've gone two one. But I think it's one of those games where even if we win, I'm not going to get carried away by any means or anything. I'm only backing us really because of the last game where we got embarrassed so like we have to win today we have to win um tomorrow because tomorrow two o'clock um yeah we have to win otherwise questions will be asked all the questions will be asked um yeah i've got liverpool fulham's next game i was going three 0 liverpool i think that's i think it'll be easy for liverpool fulham have just been so meh haven't they really not been that good this season um obviously they get they think that win against wolves and it was very contentious, wasn't it? There was a lot of dodgy decisions in that game. I think that's the only thing I remember even seeing about it. It's just that there was dodgy decisions all over the shot. But yeah, I think Liverpool at home as well. Easy. Uh, West Ham Palace. Palace. What, for Liverpool? Yeah. I think that's just the, yeah. the, realist, the most realistic one. I can't... It could be four five to be fair. I think West, yeah. West Ham Palace, I'm going 2-0 West Ham. I think... Yeah, I've gone 3-0. West Ham have fallen off a little bit, but... Yeah. I, I've gone 3-0, but... Yeah, I think I'll stick with 3-0. Pakatar, Bowen... I don't know if Bowen's fit. In fact, I don't think he is. The boy. Hey, on, um, on the FPL, it said a 50 chance, 50% chance of playing, so I've got him in my team. So I hope he does. I've just got, War, yeah. just got James Ward-Prowse in there as well from Matoma, so we'll see if he does a bit of damage. Um, <laughs> and then City-Spurs, last game of the weekend, I might literally go... Four one again. Yeah, I've gone three one, but that could easily be more. I'll stick with three. I've got I've got three three games. I've got a team scoring four goals. In. <laughs> so it could be a high scoring weekend for me, or it could be absolutely dire. Um, but I think that is everything wrapped up. We, oh, to be fair, yeah, we didn't really speak about Fulham Wolves. Um, that Monday night game that we forgot about. But well, I haven't seen. All I've seen about it was contentious. Uh, I need to go actually watch that myself because I completely missed that one. Um, but thank you very much, Vic, for being on once again. Thank you, everyone at home listening. 
uh, make sure to check out our website now, Power Pitches 2, which is so annoying that someone else out there has Power Pitches, but it's powerpitches2.wordpress.com uh, or .co.uk. Which probably should know that, to be fair. Let me check. Dot com is dot com. Is dot com. It's dot com. There you go. See, you're wrong, sir. Uh, so check that out. Check out our articles in there. We've got stuff going about United, City, and Chelsea all the time. Uh, if you want to send anything in for that website, uh, you can just send it to us on Instagram or one of us on LinkedIn, and we can potentially get it out there for you. Um, I think this episode may be going on YouTube as well, potentially. Hopefully not. I've not even had a trim, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna mug us off now. Get it straight on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and just all the lot. But just power pictures, baby. Power pictures everywhere. So uh, yeah, thank you very much, and make sure to continue listening. Give us your comments. Tell us you think we're clowns. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right, uh, and let us know about your clubs. Thank you very much. Yeah.